3: This is episode number 64 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your pussy, cat-loving host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with two tales of literal cat burglars. Things are going to get wild. We covered an episode all about serial cat shavers before, where kitties were the victims of bad haircuts. But now they are out for revenge in a big way. Instead of being the victims, they are now the perpetrators. I had to say it. Probably the uh, first of many puns to come. I apologize in advance. Let's get a couple cat jokes in here and move on with the show. I got these ones from Reader's Digest's list of 25 cat jokes that are positively hilarious. Spoiler alert, they're not. Okay. This first one will make you think. So if lights run on electricity and cars run on gas, what do cats run on? Their paws, silly. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay, this next joke made me chuckle slightly. What is a cat's favorite TV show? Claw and Order. <laughs> Alright everyone. Hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with more tales of low level true crime.
4: And don't worry my friends,
3: I promise to get you back home safely with all nine of your lives. Episode number 64, Felonious Felines. Back in the early 90s, my dad would sometimes take my brother and I away for the weekend to our cousin's house. They had a couple laid-back cats named Mario and Luigi. They mostly lounged around the house, pretty chill, as the cool kids would say. But then one weekend, we came over and they had adopted a third cat. A white street cat called Buffy. I can only assume they named her that because the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out in theaters in the summer of 92, right around that time, so the math checks out. They also had a lovable dog named Archie, named after the Archie comics. Shout out to the Archie comics, by the way. As a youth, they kept me entertained almost every
4: time I took a shit.
3: Anyways, Buffy was quite outdoorsy, loved to hang outside, breathing in that fresh country air, and also, as we would come to find out, hunt. Buffy would chase down field mice almost nightly. And that was fine, I guess, but here's where it gets creepy. They had a living room where we'd watch TV at the front of the house with a big window facing the street. Whenever Buffy caught one of these field mice, she'd hop up on the window ledge and tap on the window slowly until she caught someone's attention. And then you'd look over, and she'd be standing proud on her hind legs with a creepy smile on her face and the mouse's tail dangling from her mouth. Sometimes the tail would still be moving. Crazy stuff. Cats are born hunters, and some of them, like the ones in these stories today, like to keep souvenirs. Okay, our first tale takes us to Hamilton, which is located in the Waikato region of New Zealand. It's a city with a population of about 165,000 people. Let's get a description courtesy of NewZealand.com. Hamilton's Central Precinct is easy to walk and packed with cafes, restaurants, a casino, and bars where you can wine, dine, and dance the night away. The city is also well known as a destination for national and international events, from sporting matches such as rugby, cricket, netball, rowing, and boxing, to concerts and festivals. All right, all right. Not bad at all. This place sounds nice. But in 2016, while the folks of Hamilton were dancing the night away, there was a nocturnal nuisance on the prowl, a literal cat thief who struck silently in the night. Let's get to know this perpetrator. She is a Tonkinese cat named Bridget. I'm not a big cat guy, so I'm not familiar with this particular type of cat. Luckily there's a site called CatTime.com and I snatched their brief description of this breed. Quote, The Tonkinese is the love child of the Siamese and Burmese breeds. The two breeds from Southeast Asia were crossed in an attempt to create a cat with a moderate body type, a less piercing voice than the Siamese, but with loving nature and intelligence shared by both the Siamese and Burmese. End quote. From pictures I've seen of Bridget, she is mostly beige with a brown face and blue eyes. She has this look on her face, like she's unimpressed with anything you've ever done with your life. Very judgy. I like it. Bridget is six years old? Now I know what you're thinking. Leroy, six is young. I can't believe this feline is allowed to roam the streets at night by herself. Her owner should be incarcerated. Well, the thing is, cats mature faster than us humans. Six for a cat is like 42 for a human. She's middle-aged. She's technically a few years older than myself. So if Bridget and I were to enter into a relationship, no one would bat an eyelash. Just two mature adults in love. Not a damn thing anyone could do about it. Anywho, where were we? (laughs) Okay, early 2016. Bridget's human mother, Sarah, well, she starts noticing something strange. When she's doing the laundry, she finds items that are definitely not hers, or her husband's. A man's sock here, a boy's sock there, a pair of tidy whities she doesn't recognize. This is weird. We're going to start getting some quotes from Sarah. Here's the first one where it all comes together for her. Because up until this point, she was up in arms about the mysterious clothing. Quote,
4: They didn't belong to anyone in the house, and one day Bridget walked into our lounge carrying a sock like a kitten. End quote.
3: She also surmised that these items came from a house full of blokes.
4: It's all men's. It's really, really weird. She's got really specific taste.
3: Her taste for men's unmentionables didn't let up
4: either. In fact, things ramped up. It's an absolute obsession. A night does not go by without her bringing things home. I got up this morning, and there were another four socks in the house.
3: Some people might be thinking,
4: Keep the damn cat in the house.
3: Problem solved. I heard some feedback like that when the cat shavings were happening, but it really depends what part of the world you live in. I'm in Canada, and I see cats out all the time, especially in the nicer summer months. I believe the UK is the same. That's where a lot of the shavings were happening. Sarah also said that outdoor cats are common in New Zealand. That's likely due to the nice weather. The cats like to come and go as they please, and I get that. This isn't the first time Bridget has done this thuggery. Since they moved, Sarah thought Bridget had kicked her habit of nighttime thieving. Which she did, but I guess old habits die hard, and she relapsed.
4: In our last house, she'd bring home a bit of everything. She'd bring home men's undies, women's undies, togs. She even brought home a hockey shin pad and a jumper. A tog
3: is a bathing suit. Had to look that up. New Zealand slang. Gotta love it. The family would find these undergarments stuffed in beside their fence, beside the cat door, on their beds. And Bridget would even snag a pair of socks and leave one at the front door and the other around at the back door. She's a character. Sarah hit the streets and handed out flyers, trying to find the owners of the missing undergarments. And of course, she took to Facebook. Gotta use that social media. It's the best way to get the word out. Sarah did a Facebook post that got shared over 1,000 times with Bridget proudly posing with her pinched products. Facebook quote,
4: Now it's getting silly. This is Bridget's haul from the last two months. Every morning we wake up to more. I've put notes in every letterbox in the street. Someone must be missing this stuff. Please share if you know someone who lives in the George Street area. End quote.
3: At the time of these reports, Bridget had amassed a total of 11 pairs of undies and more than 50 socks. Not a bad haul. And to my knowledge, no one ever claimed their goods. You'd think word would have spread around the neighborhood and the victim would have said something. But some guys just don't have an eye for detail. There's plenty of times my wife will say,
4: Notice anything different?
3: And I won't have a freaking clue. I'll say, Oh, you got your hair done. Looks nice. And she'll say, No, you idiot. I painted the living room. Or we got a new fridge or something like that. 50 missing socks though. That
4: should have been noticeable final word from Sarah. Oy, our neighbors have been very good natured about it, but we are moving to the country soon. So hopefully she will
3: run out of opportunity. And there you have it. The story of Bridget and her mountain of men's unmentionables. Love it. And I guess they moved away and that's how the problem was solved. Hopefully Bridget got to keep some souvenirs of her exploits. Let's check out the Daily Mail comment section. This is my new favorite thing. Even if I don't use them as a source, I hunt them down anyways, because the comments section is always bopping. Cat Lady from the US of A says,
4: A cat shows she loves you by bringing dead animals and leaving them on the doorstep. She really
3: loves you if she has eaten off the head first. Okay, thanks Cat Lady, I'll take your word for that. Jenny from Cambridge says, Hopefully she doesn't have a jealous boyfriend. He might wonder why there is random men's underwear at her home. LOL. LOL indeed. Imagine if Sarah's husband was one of those insanely jealous guys who went off the rails when he found the first pair of underwear though. Maybe that was Bridget's evil plan all along. To break up the marriage because she doesn't like the husband. Cats can be evil geniuses. I wouldn't put it past her. And finally, we have a comment from Pepper Sanchez all the way over in Costa Rica. And he says,
4: My cat has an obsession with pill bottles. He is apparently attempting to operate an illegal pharmacy under my bed. Hilarious. And the perfect
3: segue into our next story, where this cat is a little more mischievous, or mischievous, than sweet little Bridget. This story also takes place in New Zealand. we got a theme going here. Christchurch is the city we'll be entering, which is actually quite large with a population of close to 400,000 people. According to NewZealand.com, My favorite source for New Zealand knowledge, apparently. Christchurch is the city of exploration where urban regeneration and heritage thrive. The city is constantly evolving, always giving locals and visitors something new to explore. Expect street art and innovative projects, a bustling hospitality scene, and established green spaces. City of exploration indeed especially for a cat named Keith. Don't you just love it when pets have people names? It's great. About 12 years ago, we went to the drive-in, my wife and a couple of friends, and there was an old lady who brought her dog. She let him get some fresh air and stretch his legs before the movie started. But then the little shit wouldn't come back when she called him.
4: Brandon, Brandon, come back to mommy, Brandon.
3: She sang repeatedly. I cannot stop laughing and will always remember that moment. Some things just stick with you. Anyways, back to Keith the Cat, or Keith the Thief, as Stuff.com so fittingly calls him. Keith calls Hoon Hay, which is a quiet outer suburb of Christchurch, home. These are his stomping grounds, the place where he has committed numerous thefts over the years. Things really escalated to an all-time high for Keith, or perhaps low for him, depending on how you want to look at it, in December of 2021. This is when the world really took notice. But like most criminals, things started off slow, then ramped up and escalated. Serial killers don't usually start killing right away. They ease their way into it, dropping several red flags along the way. Keith the Thief was no different. Not sure which breed he is, but Keith is a five-year-old black cat with green eyes that pierce through you like daggers. A very imposing figure. Remember, five for a cat is like 36 for a human. So he's close to middle age right now, but we're going to go back three years when he started hustling on the streets at the age of two. He started off bringing home shirts, socks, and bathing suits off of clotheslines, and grabbing dirty rags, which he is quite fond of. He then moved on to shoes, got himself a bit of a foot fetish. Inexpensive taste, too. Let's hear from his mom, Ginny Rumboldt, on the matter. Keith's got a ting about shoes. He loves shoes, labeled shoes, Nike or Adidas, ladies' swimsuits, gloves. I suggested to him diamonds and cash would be better, but Dad hasn't happened so far. End quote. Keith has made quite the name for himself in his quiet neighborhood. Mum, Ginny, and Dad, David, have tried to keep him as an indoor cat in the past to curb his thieving ways. But Keith ain't having it. They once came home to an empty Christmas tree. Never again. Cabin fever Keith had taken all the ornaments off the tree and hid them all over the house. It wasn't worth the trouble to keep him cooped up inside, so they let him roam. Play has got to play. Let's talk about some of Keith's more legendary heists over the years. One time he brought home a live eel from nearby Heathcote River. Nice. There's also the story of a local tradesman he has a pair of stinky old steel toe boots that he leaves outside his back door. Keith teethed those on numerous occasions. The fed-up workman came up with a solution he thought was brilliant. He put weights in his boots, 2.5 kilos in each. Boy, that should do the trick, he thought. But nope, Keith enjoys a challenge, and he continued to drag the heavy boots home one by one back to his front doorstep. He also stole a sealant gun from the man, his underwear on numerous occasions, and one day he snagged every bit of clothing off his clothesline. On another occasion, Keith showed his complete disregard for authority, yanking a correction officer's uniform off the clothesline and taking it back to his pad. This guy's awesome. Thankfully, neighbors get a kick out of it, and while annoying at times, they don't take things personally. David and Ginny put two large bins out front of their house. Kind of like a lost and found full of items Keith borrows. Using air quotes, but uh, this is only audio. Night after night. It even has an apology sign posted that has his picture and says, Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm a bit of a thief. I'm really sorry if I have upset you, but I just can't help myself. If you're missing something, have a rummage in my box of goodies. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hats, gloves, shirts, shoes, socks, bathing suits, you name it, and it's in there. Like I said, Keith's exploits were fairly harmless over the years, but recently he's been hanging out with a bad crowd. Perhaps traveling over to the wrong side of the tracks and into a seedier neighborhood. In December of 2021, Dave and Ginny found Keith's stash one morning, a Ziploc bag containing a white substance. And a bong. Yikes. Maybe we should start calling him Keith Richards. Anywho, Keith's parents said enough was enough and turned Keith into local authorities. The officers told Dave and Ginny that they've known about Keith for quite some time now. Here's what a police spokesman had to say. Quote, We've been playing a bit of cat and mouse with this prolific offender. Of particular concern is Keith's latest find. An implement used to smoke cannabis. We'll be seizing the implement and speaking to Keith about where he's acquired it from. End quote. Love it. They never did find the source of the drug paraphernalia. Our boy Keith is a lot of things, but he ain't no snitch. That's for damn sure. Keith also snagged a pair of black panties and hung them on his back fence.
4: Meow.
3: So this is fairly recently that this happened, maybe four or five months ago. And that's where coverage of the crimes stops. Rumor has it Keith saw a thing or two he shouldn't have and is now in witness protection. Other people are saying he developed a drug addiction and is now roaming the streets, disheveled and staying out well past curfew. None of this can be confirmed from a reliable source though. Let's check out what the people are buzzing about in the Daily Mail comment section, shall we? Crafty Lady from Stockport says, We had a cat that used to raid next door's fish pond. He used to drop the fish near our feet, and we would have to make a mad dash to pop the poor things in our fish pond. We ended up with quite a collection of fish that lived for years. Okay, Craft Lady. Completely irrelevant, but cool story, bro. Also, not to be a dick, but... If they were from your neighbor's fish pond, why'd you keep them? Shouldn't you have just given them back? Doesn't matter. Let's get a negative response, then finish off on a high note. Great White Shart from Australia says, So cute. I would love him to visit my house. I would have a massive pot of boiling water sitting on the stove just waiting for him. End quote. Yikes. Survivor 2 from the UK said, Cruel person alert. While Marvie from Hamilton, New Zealand said, You are an absolutely horrid individual. I couldn't agree more. Although it depends what Keith stole. If he took my ball gag and panties, I would be rather upset, but could never hurt the little rascal. Andrew from Sydney says, This is the story of the year. I hope the police go easy on Keith during the interrogation. I love everything about Keith and his cat burglary antics. I wholeheartedly agree, Anjo. I saw a video of Keith and he seems like a bit of a shit. While Mummy Ginny was talking to the journalists, he was biting a shoe and he was also just clawing at the carpet. Not sure if he's been neutered. Didn't get a good look at his nether regions, unfortunately. If he were my cat, I'm not sure what I'd do to be honest. But his mom and dad seem to be handling it the right way. They have a good sense of humor about it, but they're also apologetic, realizing it is a bit of a nuisance. They put the items out in a bin and you can grab them if any of your stuff goes missing. Bottom line, if you have any valuables that you don't want taken, you shouldn't leave them out in the open in the first place. Besides that, don't be like Great White Shark. There's no need for more hate and negativity in this world. As they say, live, laugh, love. Life's too short. And we are back! That's a wrap on episode number 64, Felonious Felines. I've come across some other law-breaking animals in my travels across the internet. It's definitely something fun we will explore further in future episodes. We might even travel outside of New Zealand for those ones. Not making any promises, though. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. All right, everybody. You know what time it is. Listener
4: confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal.
2: Hey there, Leroy Luna and uh, Illegalites. It's your good friend, Celeste. I have a story for you. And um, you might wonder how this is illegal, but we'll get into that. So when I was just a young chicken, I lived in a small mountain town in Alberta, and that town was called Jasper. And while I was there, I was a night auditor for a hotel. Basically, I was there in the hotel between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. every day, and I was the only staff that was in the hotel. So we did have security, and they, because I worked for a company that had four properties within Jasper, the security sort of rotated between all of the properties, but they they worked night shift too. So they mostly just stayed at one property and came to a property if we needed them. So they almost never were at my property unless I called them for something. Um, I had the crappy property, the one that had the seediest people because it was closest to all the bars. And it was also like the most rundown of all of them. And I was the only woman that did it. The rest were dudes. They didn't want to put me in that position because they were like, oh, well, you'll get attacked. And I was like, "Mm, well, let's see him try. But my hotel had a hot tub. All the hotels had hot tubs. And in the evenings, people would come home from their bar or they didn't want to go to the bar and they would try to get me to let them into the hot tub. And I discovered pretty quickly that they would pay for it. So they would come in groups of like five or six people. And each one of them would pitch 20 bucks to bribe me to let them into the hot tub. And I would. And I was making sometimes $300 a night, letting a few different groups in, in the course of my shift. And I was, I was making like huge bank on my side hustle. And I'm pretty proud of that, running my own um, racket there. But Again, I know what you're thinking, how is this illegal? Well, I didn't pay taxes on any of it. Anyway, (laughs) that's my story for my illegal racket that I was running a young entrepreneur in a mountain town. Um, Our mountain town, by the way, was best known for uh, snowboarding and STDs. So as a fellow Canadian, you you may know of the town of which I speak. And if you don't, check it out, it's a beautiful place. And there's probably equally corrupt night staff that will let you into the hotel. Hot tub. All right, Legalites and Leroy, I love you guys, and I love your content. And thanks so much for letting me be on your show.
3: That was Celeste, friend of the show and one of the hosts of the Unethical podcast. A fantastic true crime pod. Check him out if you're looking for another show to binge. As for that story, amazing. Even if it wasn't illegal, I love these kind of stories. Although you bring up a great point, Celeste. You could technically call that tax evasion, which is a very serious offense. And I'm sure you could have gotten fired if management ever found out what was going on. Kind of their own fault, though, in my opinion, for not protecting you and keeping an eye on the place. It's always impressive when you can make more at a side hustle at your place of employment than you make doing your actual job. Got to give you props for that. Fantastic stuff. Email me at excuse me that's illegal at gmail.com and like my pal Celeste you too could have your confession played on the air Okay, it's been a while since we did Patreon shoutouts so can I have your attention please as I induct the next members into the elite group known as the neighborhood watch Marcus K Reiki L Rob and I, Julie D, Robert, and Dustin V. You are now sworn in members of the Neighborhood Watch. Let's sound those air horns to make it official. Thank you so much, my friends. I'll be honest, the ads I get here are very inconsistent. So it really is the support I get from the patrons that keep this show going. Patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal to come join the squad and get early ad free episodes along with some kick ass bonus content for the price of a Big Mac a month. There's also a link in the show notes. That's all I have for you for now, folks. Come meet me right back here in another 10 days and I'll be happy to serve you up a hearty helping of softcore scum baggery. Peace.